Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, met fellow adventurers, we are back with Sir Crokington, who is in the city of Twithick. Now, there's some adventures to do here, but we'll start with Dead End, hissing wildly. Move more quickly than you could have anticipated. The skeletons stagger forwards, prepared to do the final bidding of their departing master. This is by VWK. Let's start this adventure. It can be normal or scaled. I'll try normal. Here we go. And so begins Dead End. On a barren, boulder-strewn hilltop, several miles southeast of the ruined city of Tarn. You stagger back several steps, drop to your knees and gasp in agony as your mind valiantly attempts to repel another of the sorceress's deadly psionic attacks. 18 stamina points lost. And as a tip's notes for this adventure, multiple paths to completion. The adventure that led you to this this entry features multiple paths to completion. It may benefit you to play through the adventure multiple times without saving your game. Discover the best, the most advantageous, or most appropriate path for your character. The three bounty hunters who bravely accompanied you on your mission to bring the renegade mage and suspected necromancer to justice lie dead dust yards away. Their faces frozen in the grim contortions they adopted at the precise moment of their demise. Zeluria, the murderous spellcaster, whose capture or defeat remain the objective of your mission, steps into view over the crest of the hill and stares down at you. Her angular, useless face, devoid of any semblance of concern. Get up, 
get up, dog, she says, her tone almost flat. You didn't chase me all the way here to die on your knees. Stand up and die on your feet. You owe at least that much to those three poor souls you dragged up here to their deaths. Suddenly, Zelana raises and extends her white arm, making several passes over the ground at her feet, beneath the sprayed fingers of her trembling hand. The earth before her begins to weave and buckle, as fleshless digits poke up through the stony soil. You immediately turn to your feet and assume a defensive stance, as nearly a dozen skeletons claw their way out of the ground, and swiftly fall into wank before their summoner. Well, alright, that's her being a necromancer, solidly confirmed. Each gruesome member of the hissing, undead legion brandishes the jagged remains of a decayed weapon. That should serve to confirm all rumours about my command of the dead, says Yaria, folding our arms and nodding in your direction. This entire hell is a graveyard! Though few would know or remember that. You needn't fear. I won't crush what's left of your mind as I did to your little band of minions. You'll die as you deserve to. In battle. With that, the earlier battles, before retreating over the quest of the hill, leave behind the eleven skeletal warriors she raised from her, their eternal west. Hissing wildly, you move more quickly than you could have anticipated, the skeletons stagger forward, prepared to do the final bidding of their departing master. This is a skeletal warrior, and we're going to fight it. It hisses as it attacks, and I stab it, and it is slain. 3xp. You step over the shattered remains of the skeleton, and immediately find yourself confronted by an armoured, sword-wielding pair of the freshless undead. Two of them this time. Stab. Stab. Alright, that's one down. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for ten damage. And there goes the other. They are slain. A hiss five XP. A hiss erupts to your left. You spin in the direction of the sinister sound, and behold an axe wielding skeleton staggering swiftly towards you. Before you can move to intercept your undead assailant, the skeleton abruptly turns towards to a halt and hurls the axe at you. The ancient, decaying weapon flips end over end as it hurtles towards your head. Alright, what are my options? Fortification, telekinesis, or just dodge the axe? I'll use telekinesis because that just looks cooler. It succeeded. 4x speed to telekinesis. You channel your power of telekinesis and project a powerful telekinetic blast at the hurtling axe. The invisible wave of energy slams into the flying weapon and sends it spinning back towards the skeleton that hurled it. A sharp, splintering sound rises into the air as the axe smashes through its former undead wielder, leaving only a heap of shattered bone in its wake. Eee! I dodged the axe and smashed an undead. Before you can catch your breath, three sword-wielding skeletons are upon you, hissing savagely as they brandish their ancient, broken blades. You manage to adeptly repel their initial attack before boldly countering it. Sort of convenient for her that all the skeletons she's raising are arms. Hmm, must be a military burial. 
Or, you know, it's or a burial from one of those cultures where everyone has weapons buried with them. Which, admittedly, is a few of them. <laughs> Three skeletal warriors begin combat. They slash at you. I stab at them. Brutal stroke. Ten damage. They are slain. I'll take this chance to heal. <coughs> As the last of the three skeletons crumples into a pile of bones surrounding your feet, something unexpected happens. With a loud clattering, the remaining four skeletons suddenly collapse into unmoving heaps. Well, that's convenient. Breathing a sigh of relief, you wipe, wipe away the sweat streaming down your brow and start from the top of the hill. Eager to determine if there is still a chance to catch Larger and bring the murderous necromancer to justice. You reach the crown of the hill and are startled to find Zelaria standing only a few yards away, her arms folded defiantly across her chest and her dark eyes fixed on you. The sorceress's chiselled face bears an unmistakable expression of annoyance. The dead weren't much of a challenge for you, she says, scowling. The same won't be said for me. Back on your knees, dog. You gasp and instinctively throw your hand to the side of your head as a burning pain stabs into the very fabric of your mind. Your vision doubles as a series of violent convulsions wash over you as Zuluria's potent psychic attack ravages your psyche. Picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind. 20 from spirit. 20 from aura. Gotta get 100 or more. So my brain doesn't explode. Pick now. 106. Success. Brain is successfully not exploded. In a valiant display of mental fortitude, you manage to stave off the more devastating effects of Zalora's psionic attack. Julia seems startled by your resilience. The sorcerer muttles something and steps back as she prepares to launch another attack on your psyche. Alright, I've got quite a few options. I could use telekinesis, illusion, archery, necromancy, elementalism, rush rush forward attacker, or prepare to resist an ex-psionic attack. I'm going to use necromancy just for the sheer irony of it. Use necromancy. Oh, we failed. A searing pain suddenly explodes in your head, doubling your vision and and instantly sending you to one knee. Your breathing comes rapid and shallow, and a high-pitched winging rattles your skull as you struggle to survive Zuria's vicious psionic attack. There's just 23 damage, which is now healed. Drained, and with your head throbbing violently, you manage, you manage to regain your feet and square yourself with the necromancer. Zuria, a tall gaze again frozen on you. Crushes her arms as her, entire bo- as her entire body begins to tremble. You every sense scream she's about to unleash an extremely powerful psychic attack. Rush forward and attack her. Prepare to resist her next sonic attack. Zoria's next sonic attack is swift, brutal and decisive. You cry out in agony and slump to the ground as the psychic assault tears through the very fragment of your mind. Shedding your defense shredding your defences and laying bare the vulnerable core of your being. The last thing you see before the world around you fades into interminable darkness ushered in by, into the interminable darkness ushered in by death 
is the blurred silhouette of the necromancer making her way down towards you. You've been killed. That's not very nice. Well, I know not to pick that option next time round. Your adventure has come to an end. Fear not, Sir Quokington. Need only lick the please continue option to proceed and restore your last save game. I'll return to the character Worcester. Alright, back with Sir Quokington. This puts me in Trimador. But travel's quick in this game. Now I'm in Trithic. It took seconds. Alright, I'm going to save. Just in case. And, well, okay. Back to dead end. Normal difficulty once more. Embark. 22 damage that time. From the psychic attack. Three bounty hunters are dead. Get up. Dog, you didn't, you didn't chase all the way here to die on your knees. Stand up and die on your feet. You're at least that much. To the three poor souls you dragged up here to their deaths. She summons someone dead. Alright, fight the skeletal warrior. Stabity stab stab stab. Then two skeletal warriors. Stabity stab stab stab. Alright. Axe is being thrown. I use fortification this time. It failed. The back of the axe's heavy head slams into the side of your face. Instantly send you to the ground, into a ground in a crumpled heap. Eleven damage. Dazed and wounded, you stagger to your feet just in time to meet the skeleton's frenzied attack. Hmm, if it's throwing the axe, what's it wielding? We'll see. The skeleton hisses at attacks. It may well be unarmed. It's not really clarified. It is slain anyway. 4xp. Before you can catch your breath, three sword-wielding skeletons are upon you, hissing savagely as they brandish their ancient broken blades. You manage to adeptly repel the initial attack before boldly countering it. Three skeletal warriors. I'll take them down. 5xp. The last of the three skeletons crumples into a pile of bone at your feet. Something unexpected happens. The other four fall down. Alright, yep. And now I'm ready. Alright, psychic attack. Pick a number. Bonus 60, 6, 100. 101 success. Very close, very close. And a valiant display of mental fortitude. You manage to stave off the more devastating effects of Zoroya's psychic attack. Okay, let's try using Necromancy again. Against the Sonic Attack. It succeeded. 4x speed to Necromancy. You channel your dark, magical discipline and attempt to summon the dead whose remains lie buried in the stony soil that covers the hill. Within seconds, the ground around the sorcerer's feet begins to weave as several pairs of fleshless hands jut up through the earth and take hold of her legs. Zula cries out in alarm as she attempts to fend off the surprised, the surprise undead assault. Oh my, that would that would be just so scary! I mean, you're getting touched by dead people unexpectedly, and they drag you underground. Ah, that's like several phobias at once. As the bone hands begin to retreat into the ground, you rush forward. Attempt to prevent the necromancer from launching another of her deadly psionic attacks.
You reach the lion just as she staggered at your feet and deal the sorceress a death blow. That blow that sent her sprawling. The white side of her head slams into the stony ground with a loud crack. The villainous spellcaster is out cold. After securely binding her hands with a piece of her torn cute tunic, I really should have bought some rope. You step back and stare down at the necromancer, whose prone body is just beginning to show signs of movement. Zarya, who regains her consciousness and her wits with remarkable rapidity, first demands you set the set her three. The two of you go your separate ways. The fact that she has not yet attempted to use her Pontic Sonic abilities or magic since waiting is lost, not lost on you. You begin to sense something has happened to render her powers ineffective. Maybe she just ran out of Neville Reserve. When it becomes apparent that you have no intention of setting her free, the necromancer then asks you to kill her, rather than deliver her to those who have hired you to catch her. The grey circle will glean what they can from me, and then dispose of me in the most expedient way. She says, her tone sharp and her demeanour unpleasant. It's about gold. I'm so sure you'll pay twice as much as the sum you've been promised. Let me go. In a sudden desperation, her voice, voice serves to give you a moment's pause. She stare down at Sorceress, who is now sitting upright before you. You plainly recall the urgency of Lothwick, the Grey Circle agent who offers you 5,000 gold. To find and return with the Wenegade maid. Mage. Kill her if you must. The elderly man. As told. T- told you as your meeting at the drunken giant inn in Trithic was concluding. She will kill you if given half a chance. I prefer her brought back to me alive. But if it should come to that. Her head will suffice. If not for, And not for the first time. The faces of the dead bounty hunters wive thaw your thoughts. Three slay three men slain by Sorlia's formidable psychic weapons. So four options here. Remind Jaleria about the three men she killed. Strike a deal with her for her freedom. Tell her you're taking her to Lothwick. Or just kill her. Kill her right now. Alright, let's go. Remind her about the three men she killed. Unabashed, you confront Zaleria about the three men who accompanied you on your mission to track her down and bring her to justice. The unfortunate trio, those bodies lie strewn across the slope below, were bounty hunters who had long sought the generous reward tied to the necromancer's capture. Beyond their profession, however, they were good men. Good men who knew... Knew... Knew, who you knew were trying to do what they, th- what they thought was right. Men whose lives were callously taken by a sorceress now asking you to let her go. Zolius crushed all three of their minds in one fell swoop, killing them instantly. I have every right to defend myself against Lothric's attack, dogs, she says in a fat tone, devoid of en- any semblance of remorse. You best be certain before you willingly dole out judgment. Either set me three, or kill me. I will not let you bring me to Lorathric. 
smug fool isn't even a wizard. Alright, so I've now got to choose. Strike a deal with Solara for a freedom. Take her to Lothric. And I think some very, very, very bad stuff will happen to her. If you do that, or just kill her. Which is also a bad thing to happen to her. But it means she can't hurt anyone else. Oh, um, yeah. oh I'll take the first option. Strike a deal with Zoraya for her freedom. Zoraya nods. And her, and her face adopts the faintest hint of a shrewd smile. When you tell her you might be interested in coming to an agreement with her. That will allow her to avoid being handed over to Lothric. She again states she will pay you twice what Lothric has offered you for her capture. And that would be 10,000 gold, she says coldly. The, uh, her fleeting smirk, the only indication in Necromancer was just where you mind. Hey, 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 that's kind of rude. The price is steep, but not beyond what I means. And it's well worth it to me. Zaya tells you she would arrange for someone to meet you in Trithic with the gold. As you might be able to imagine, it will take me a little while to gather gold. But you needn't worry. You'll get it. Okay. So, I can agree, take her to Lothric, or kill her. Or I can use divination to see if she's actually good for it. Succeeded. You channel your power of divination and immediately sense that Zuria has every intention of keeping her word. Alright, alright, well. Okay. Hmm. That's more questions. Like, what's she doing with her undead? Has she, like, killed any villages and raised them? Because that, that, yeah, if she did that, then yeah, she'd have to die. Couldn't even risk taking us a Lothric. Yeah, okay, I'll agree to the terms of the deal. Zola seems profoundly relieved when you agree to the terms of the deal. You rarely set her free, and she flashes you a disarming smile. Thank you, she says, as Amina once again stoic. You do know well to deny the grey circle which human prizes. Those who swallowed sway over the Brotherhood are not to be trusted. There be no confusion about that. Zola again tells you she'll arrange for someone to meet in Twithic before too long with 10,000 gold. It will be just a little while, she says as she prepares to depart, but you needn't worry. I will see to it that you get what you've been promised, or die trying. A thought suddenly occurs to you. Before you can attempt to act to it, Zulia speaks as if having read your mind. You'll need some proof of my death for Lothric, she says. Here, give him this. You'll never believe that I would willingly part with this. The sorceress hands you a small stone disc. It's a gem-encrusted disc. Let's look at it. It's a miscellaneous equipment, but, and this is the key, it boosts stamina points by four, and never reserved by two, just by being there. Yes, it's very powerful. This is a small, thin, perfectly stone, perfectly round stone disc. A series of different gemstones are set around the edges of the disc. 
A powerful sense of exhilaration passes through you whenever you touch this curious object. Zuraya, the Wenegade necromancer, gave you this disc to give to Lothric, hoping that it would serve as evidence of her death. Mm. Well, alright, I'm... Uh, uh, my, my stats have gone up, so I must have done the right thing. Yes, yes, of course. Zora tells you the stone disc is known to Lothric, and the old man will undoubtedly accept your possession of it as evidence of her demise. He may want the disc, but just as likely may not. Doesn't matter to me, of course. As long as that old demon thinks I'm dead, I'm safe. Thank you again. With that, the sorceress quickly bows and departs, passing quickly down the north side of the hill, and disappearing into the thick brush that surrounds the base. You spend the next small while respectfully tending to the remains of the three men killed by Zalora. The men, bounty hunters from North Southern Tysa, who joined you in Twithic at the outset of your mission at the behest of Lothwick, will now be forever interred on the steep rocky snope within ruin, within view of the ruined city of Sorceress. At last, having completed the solemn task, and ever mindful of the lengthy return trek you now face, you descend the hill and embark on the journey back to Twithic. You arrive in Twithic and ultimately meet up with Lothric and the two armed men in his company at the drunken giant inn. The elderly grey circle agent seems initially distressed that you were unable to capture Zelia and return to her alive, but his apparent disappointment proves short-lived. When he inquires about the proof of her demise, he produced a gem-encrusted stone discs. disc. He has to see the object and spends nearly a minute closely observing both sides of it. As he hands it back to you, he nods. How she came to possess that, I've never quite understood, he says. You'd be wise to keep it safe. There aren't very many of those about. Most important, she's gone. There need be no further thought expended upon her. Lothric promptly remits to you the payment promised. Ooh, I get paid by him too? 5,000 gold tokens. It's most important to choose the wise person for these sorts of jobs, he says. I'm happy to have chosen wisely. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's what you think. She's actually still alive. <laughs> As Lothric and his two men prepare to depart from the inn, the old man turns and initiates his shoulder cross, again commending an obsessive mission. She meets in a gesture. A quiet, disquieting sense of unease comes over you. And not just because he kind of flubbed it and ended up swatting me. <laughs> Use divination. You succeeded. 4xp to divination. You silently power your channel your power of divination and almost immediately sense a sinister, lurking presence in and around Lothric. You sense no such presence surrounding either of the two men in the old man's company. Deeply unsettled by what you thought, you promptly break off shoulder goss. Alright, sir, he's a he's a baddie. Not for not sure whether Zulu is also a baddie. She might. I mean, she is a necromancer. Usually, kind of bad. It, it's just, just it's just a profession that has a certain attraction to bad people. 
you know, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can't think of anything right now. Like, I don't. Executioner. <laughs> you promptly break off the shoulder cross. Rotha says nothing. But fleeting moment, his gaze casts if your eye. Catches your eye. He left wondering if he's aware of what you just perceived. Standing just outside the drunken giant's heavy wooden door, on an uneven wooden landing that's seen too many winters, you watch as Lothric and his men depart. Moving swiftly along the street before disappearing around a corner to the north, Eager to put the completed mission behind you, you step back into the inn, where you spend the next small while partaking in the company of a few of its colourful patrons, enjoying some of the landlord's best ale, and attempting to pursue, subdue a powerful weariness brought on by your recent travels. Try as you might, your thoughts never seem to stray far from Lothric. You can't quite put your finger on it, you're convinced there is something odd. Possibly sinister. But the elderly grey circle agent. It is with that thought repeatedly running through your mind that you eventually drift off into an uneasy sl- slumber in the flickering glow of the inn's well-tended fire. Alright, that's 1,024 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. Look for the adventure. Pe- Title Payment Due in Trithic. And that's where I get my payment. And now, time to do Payment Due. An unexpected but profitable encounter in the Adderstone. Start the adventure. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Nearly two months after parting ways with the renegade necromancer Zoloia, atop the boulder-strewn hill near Tarn, you're approached by a man in Trithic who told you he's come to make good on the payment of gold promised to you by the sorceress. The grey-haired man, his uneven, short-cropped beard, only partially covering a way of scars that whittled the lower portion of his face. Says Zyluria, sends her regards and regrets she wasn't able to, wasn't herself able to meet you. At the man's behest, you follow him into an overgrown courtyard behind an abandoned tavern in the city's northern sector, where he presents you with the gold. Ten thousand gold tokens! It's best to conduct such business away from unwanted eyes, he says. Zuria wants you to know he's truly sorry for the trouble he's caused for you. She's caused for you, and for others. You're taken aback when when man tells you Zuria has already done what she could. A bite anonymously for the families of the bounty hunters she killed during a hillside confrontation near Tarn. She's made certain they're provided for, he says. She's powerful, determined, and at times, ruthless. Though she's not without heart, and not without remorse. She deeply regrets what happened that day, and has taken measures to at least try and begin to mend things. As much as they can be mended. With the goal now safely in your possession, you leave the overgrown courtyard, and... Just outside its dilapidated gates, part waves as Zoloia's grey-haired associate. The man bids you farewell and wishes you luck. Zoloia won't forget what you did for her, he says. Neither will I, that is to say. We all regret what happened that day in Itan. We can only work to set right what we can. Thank you, and goodbye. You briefly meet the man in Shodacross before the two of you turn and set off in opposite directions along the deserted lane. Unbeknownst to you, the nameless man, Zuloia's trusted confederate, never reaches the end of the street. As, as, he's, as he nears the corner, he's stealthily ambushed and hauled into a broad, rubbish-strewn alley by a pair of unseen assailants, where he's meted out a swift but gruesome death, gruesome fate, by claw, fang, and blade. His body is never found. And that finishes this adventure, which is very, very short, with 32 experience to general. And west. Alright, what to do, what to do now? Anything else? There's the lists of Tolaldon. But that, that leads to things. Beast of Iron Fang, attack on Ashley. No, no, no. These are all pretty large donor to them yet. Okay. Right, well, I'll confront the young lad who seems to be following you. For several minutes, you've been aware of the presence of a young lad who seems to be following you closely. 
You've taken several quick turns and doubled back, and even doubled back once, thus far been unable to shake his pursuit. At last, curious as to why he's following you, you turn and stride porpoisey towards him. Young minds, the young youth's eyes open wide as you approach. And he stammers a quick apology. Forgive me, he says, his face turning bright red. I should be sure it's really you. The message for you. The boy produces a third scrap of parchment and hands it to you. The parchment is bound with coarse string and sealed with a wamp stamp, wax stamp bearing initials IS. The boy bows deeply and turns and runs off before he can question you about who is commissioned the delivery of this parcel. Breathing, leaning up against the outside wall of the nearby bread house, you break the seal and unfurl the parchment. Only a few words of black ink have been sprawled onto a small piece of parchment, which you read as following. Sleep well, Sir Crokington. Humbly yours, I.S. Now... That's the same initials as the Phantom Assassin. The short, cryptic note is puzzling to say the least. You're about to roll it up and place it in your pocket when you spot something attached to it. Attached to the corner of the small scrap of parchment is a square of cloth no larger than the tip of your thumb. You're again puzzled by this strange inclusion, but your heart skips Nearly two beats as a terrifying realisation comes over you. Looking down, you note with mounting horror that the piece of cloth attached to this apartment has been cut off your left sleeve. Immediately, you pocket the parchment and cast your gaze about the busy street, as if you expect to find an unwanted pair of eyes fixed upon you. You find no such thing. Unnerved by the sinister turn of events, you are thou to remain on your guard until you can discover more about this matter. Alright, and now a new adventure has emerged in Twindemore. It's dusk in Twindemore, which I'll do next. Travel southeast, Twindemore. Features for this location. Dusk in Twindmore. A clattering coin on the cobbled walk ahead. The sound of a single step from behind. And we begin. Each year, the carnival of autumn descends on Twindmore like a whirlwind. Colourful banners decorate the streets as the city's main square plays host to a grand fair celebrating the harvest. For nearly a week, the city seems to shake off the preserve persuasive chill and dab me- and drab melancholy of the surrounding moor and vividly come to life. Farmers, artisans, entertainers, merchants and the like all converge on the city, eager to place their wares and services before the eyes of the teeming throng that the festivities attracts. This year's harvest was exceptionally bountiful and the good fortune of the farmers, whose well-worked tracks dot the moor all around the city, spill over into celebration, making one of the more memorable and profitable carnivals in over a decade. You passed into, into, into Twindmore just as the carnival was drawing to a close, 
After having stirred up the city for the better part of a week, those who have come from afar to take a, partake in trade and revelry have at last made their way out of the city, headed for home. As you strolled through what remains of the fair's main market, you are met by a man by the name of Primbrook, who recognised you and seemed to know all about your more prolific adventures. I have something I wish to show you, he says, lowering his voice before stepping into, stepping away from the cloud before the line of wooden tables displaying his collection of oddities for sale. Can't show you here, as there are too many eyes about. You want to see what it is, and that I can assure you. If you meet with me just after dusk at Waymark's Tavern, up in the north end, I'll, br I'll bring it with me. It's most certainly something worthy of your attention. While you were initially sceptical of Brinwell, believing he was looking to try and cheat you out of some gold, you decided you would at least humour him and see what he had to, to show you. It's for that very re reason that Dusk finds you moving north through the city, on your way to Waymark's Tavern, all the while hoping the man named Prinwell is not wasting your time. As you pass into the city's northern district, a chill wind whips, sweeps along the wide thoroughfare, reminding you that autumn has arrived and winter is not far off. After asking a group of youths to point you in the direction of the tavern, you turn onto a wide avenue running east. From what we've been told, the tavern sits at the very end of the lane. You've only just started along the broad, deserted avenue that runs up towards the tavern, when suddenly a single gold token clatters onto the cobblestones a few places ahead. As you start moving over the strange occurrence, the soft, almost inaudible sound of a single footfall from behind reaches your ears. Your pulse races as you realise the coin was a diversion. Forever is now swiftly moving up on you from behind, picking a number. Bonus of 40, 20 from agility, 6 from luck, 14 from unarmed combat. Pick now! 74. You duck and roll to the left, narrowly avoiding the streaking blade of a knife. Your unknown assailant, his face shadowed by a hood that drops over his head stands less than ten feet from you, clutching a long-bladed knife. You spring to your feet and assume a defensive stance. Suddenly, the man turns and runs off, ducking into a wide alley on the right side of the street. Chase after your hooded assailant! You give chase, running hard at the heels. Heels at the hooded man as he bolts along the wide alley. You're nearly close enough to grab him when he suddenly drops out of sight only a few f steps ahead of you. The last possible moment you spot the open sewer grate and bring yourself to a precarious stop at the edge of the shadowy pit. Leaning forward, you peer down into the darkness. About ten feet below you can make out the shallow, sluggish flow of a sewer channel. Well, pursue your assailant into the sewer, of course. You drop down into the sewer and end with a splash in a knee-deep channel of sluggish, churning, putrid water, with only a thin, pale light of dusk sweeping from above, the sewer passages heavily cloaked in gloom. Assuming a defensive stance, 
You pat, you pat carefully peer into the dark as you attempt to locate your hooded assailant. Nothing stirs along the length of the grimy corridor. So I've got a few options here. I could use thievery, divination. Apparently you have an option to use shadow magic, whatever that may be. Of course. Of course, Sir Crokington doesn't know what that is. Because he doesn't have shadow magic and has never seen shadow. Has never seen shadow magic. So I can also search the passage for the hood assailant or just climb out the sewer channel and abandon your hunt. I'll use divination. It succeeded. Nope, actually it failed. <laughs> I lied. And we failed to discover where your enemy has hidden itself. Just quickly determine your next course of action. I guess I'll search for the hooded assailant. You move cautiously along the sewer channel, peering into the shadows for any sign of your hooded assailant. Picking a number. Bonus of 20. 6 from luck, 14 from thievery. Now, pick. Will I get caught first? Out of the corner of the eye, you spot a hooded man lurking in the shadows next to one of the stone arches that supports the wide sewer tunnel. Without warning, you turn and spring towards your hooded assailant, hoping to gain the element of surprise. Picking a number, bonus of 34, 20 from agility, 8 from body, 6 from luck. Gotta get the element of surprise. 120. The speed and ferocity of your attack catches your foe off guard and gains you the element of surprise. You are now engaged in a fight for your life against the hooded, knife-wielding assailant. It's a hooded assailant who is surprised. Begin combat. Uh, kill or subdue? Uh, subdue. The hooded man strikes at you through his long, curved knife. Okay, keep going. I have subdued my foe. Free XP. Your final blow sends the battered man running for his life. He bolts along the sewer corridor and is soon lost from view in the deep gloom at the edge of your sight. You would hope to question him about the reason behind his attack on you, but the moment you remain satisfied to have survived it. The answer to your question arrives, however in the form of an eerily familiar voice. How nice that our paths have again crossed, issues the soft but sinister voice from the shadow. Though you can't immediately place the voice, it is hauntingly familiar. Have you forgotten me already? Haven't been dead all that long. Then, to think of it, I haven't quite been dead yet. At all, thin figure steps into view out of the gloom at the edge of the silver sewer channel about ten yards from you. The man, his face overshadowed by the wide brim of the leathery hat that adorns his head, bows deeply and grins. Such compassion is admirable, particularly for one who prizes, who prizes honour. And keeps company with its stewards, he says, sneering. The miserable rat you skint's going is just a lowly street thief. The city court squalls with them. Hardly were worth the time, folk like us. But 
How is, how is our dear friend, the Thane these days? I shall make a point of stopping him to see him in the coming months. Of course, it will be as he sleeps. I much doubt he wished to be awake for what I've got planned for him. But enough about that fortress coward. Fortress coward, our business comes first. Perhaps you don't recall our previous meeting, issues the sinister voice of the tall, lanky figure. If you are right, I should like to help you remember the afternoon, what is still very fresh in my mind. You have no doubt the hated man standing before you is Ildrin Southrunner, those famous moniker, the Phantom Assassin has been known to strike fear into even the most hardened of hearts. Until now, I believe that he was dead by your hand, by the voice of the man speaking to you. It's one you've only heard once before. You have never seen my face, he says, continuing, his mouth barely visible beneath the long shadow cast by his wide-brimmed leather hat. But the horror... To think you ran back to the Thane, singing of your triumph, gloating over your victory, dancing over to my death. But as you can see, you celebrated perhaps a bit too soon. Not quite sure how to react to this sudden turn of events. You challenged the man's assertion that he is indeed the Phantom Assassin. I'll play no such game with you, he scoffs. I can see by your eyes that you know who I am. I've been busy these last few seasons, with little time to fret over the worm that whittled away. There was other business to attend to. And how better to attend to it than to do so while those who would walk me to the gallows believe I was already dead? For now, I, for that, I owe you a debt of gratitude, friend. Though I warn you, there, uh, there, shall the pleasantries cease. You promptly and defiantly tell the assassin you are no friend of his, which licks a cheer, chilling laugh from the legendary slayer of men. Here is a small trinket for your consideration, friend Sir Crokington, he says, snickering. He tosses a small, thin object into the murky water about your ears. The item slips beneath, sinks beneath the water, then suddenly bobs to the surface. Your heart skips a beat when you suddenly realise what it is you're staring at. It is a severed human finger. Ooh, who's that from? Edwin Stickers, as you gaze down in horror at the finger floating before you, in the murky, churning water of the sewer channel. Of all those that you know and care about, well unaccounted for, he says, the very tone of his voice sending a chill the length of your spine. The world remains a dangerous place, Sir Crokington. My best, best advice to you is to keep a careful watch over those you wish to remain safe. Although the finger is certainly real, 
the sen you sense the notion that it belongs to someone you know and care about. It's a fabrication designed to elicit an emotional response. He refused to give the ghoulish assassin any such pleasure. In a calm but firm voice, you demand to know those finger he has presented you. The assassin laughs. You needn't worry over it. He says, his voice trailing away to an unpleasant grumble. If I were you, I'd be less concerned about whose finger it is, and more concerned about keeping your own head, which I would very much like to stake to the gates of Twin Keep. Of course, it might spoil on the trip back, but I suppose it would give our good thane an even better start. Without warning, Ildrin does something that surprises you. Ildrin turns... Ildrin turns his back to you and stretches his arms towards the walls of the passage. He slowly rotates his hand, apparently showing he's armed. Now is your chance, he says, his head still turned away from you. I defy you to finish that which you have... that for which you have already falsely accepted glory. You immediately sense a trap. Alright, yeah, it's definitely a trap. <laughs> I mean, this is the phantom assassin we're talking about. He will not let himself just be stabbed. <laughs> Use divination. I could rush at him or hold my ground, but divination. 8xp to divination. You're able to sense that Uldrum is hoping you will attack him. Well, then I'll do the opposite and hold my ground. Hold your ground. Not, not eager to fall prey to any of the assassin's trick. Uldrum apparently, having sensed your hesitation, stickers. But his back remains turned to you. The mighty Sir Crokington, he says in a mocking tone. You would let it slip away from... Slip away... And perhaps only chance you'll ever have to strike me. You do yourself a great injustice and place your life in considerable danger. Your eyes scour the passage ahead as your mind races to arrive at the next course of action. Suddenly, you spot something jutting from the wall to the right of Ildrin. A thin iron lever. Instinctively, you look to the ceiling of the passage. Your heart skips a beat, there, in the shadows, several feet above the assassin's head, protruding from a protruding from a wide gap in the neatly fitted stones that make up the channel ceiling, is the spiked bottom of a broad procullis. The grime, the grime-encrusted lever is nearly ten yards from you, but you realise that if you could somehow manage to pull it, the heavy iron Pocollis, with any luck, would drop onto your unsuspecting foe. Now there's four magics, but I'm not powerful enough to use any of them. There's telekinesis, gating, destruction, and shadow magic. Alright, admittedly I probably could. Hmm, would I? Hmm. I think if I if I I could quit without saving and 
get those to that level, but, well, no, no, I haven't saved in a while. So I'll just attempt to hurl something at the lever. Or rush it, Eldrim, attacking from behind. Now, I'm sure he'll evade that last one. Attempt to hurl something at the lever. You spot a chunk of stone lying on the in the murky water to your right and reach down and snack it up. Drawing your arm back, you take aim at the lever. Picking a number. Bonus of 49. 15 from might, 8 from body, 20 from agility, 6 from luck. Pick now. 126. The, hur the hurled stone only glances at the top of the lever, but the glow is enough to send the ancient and largely... Largely corroded mechanics into action. A slight groan from above is the only warning your enemy receives. Yildrin's neck snaps back as he casts a startled glance upwards at the falling Kapokolis. Only a split second later, the heavy iron bars drop onto him, driving him beneath the surface of the knee-deep, murky water of the sewage channel. You're about to spring forward and attempt to determine the fate of your adversary when a loud groan reverberates along the tunnel. Without warning, a heavy slab of decayed iron drops down from above, only an inch in front of the bars of the Pocollis, completely sealing off the sewer passage. The crash of the iron slab as it slams into the floor of the channel is coupled with a blood-curdling scream that echoes along the dingy corridor. In the eerie silence that follows the scream, you step forward and examine the decayed iron barrier, now blocking off the sewer channel. Almost at once, your eyes are drawn to a small object floating in the churning water around the base of the iron bars. You lean down to examine the item, and are quite taken aback to discover it is a wing-bearing finger. You reach down and extract the finger from the pale water, from the murky water. A thin, plain iron band circles the pale digit. You slide the wing off its gruesome perch and drop the finger back into the water. It's Uldwin's iron wing. Let's look at it. One melee waiting, one stamina point, one agility, one luck. This is the plain iron wing, iron band, you took from Uldwin's severed finger. The Twindmore sewers. After dropping the Pocollis on top of him, such a pleasant memory. When you realise the finger is obviously that of Ildrin, and was no doubt severed by the dropping iron slab, you convinced you, you, convince you survived this grievous wound and escaped along the passage on the other side of the barrier. To making a quick search of the tunnel, with no desire to try and get past the drop Pocullus and the iron slab, you promptly make your way out of the sewers. Alright, the Phantom Assassin is alive and has even more of a grudge. As you make your way back along the alley towards the street, your mind churns with thoughts of the unsettling encounter. You can't hope but wonder when and where you will next encounter the fearsome assassin. You're all but certain you haven't seen the last of him. As you step out the alley and onto the street, a chill wind surges past, prompting you to hasten along towards Waymark's tavern. 
which now looms into view ahead. For nearly an hour, you linger about the tavern, warming yourself by the fire, enjoying the thick, creamy ale that has made Waymarks a favourite haunt for many, while you wait for Finwell to arrive. He never does. At last, with dusk giving way to the edge of night, and if giving all up all help of meeting with Thinwell, you make your way out of the tavern and rarely step onto the shadowy streets of the Moorland City. Plus 128 experience to general. Uh, and, well... If the Phantom Assassin is still around, he's uh, planning something and biding his time. But anyway, that next adventure, what shall it be? What shall it be? Hmm. Uh, let's, uh, let's start the... Seven. You know what? You know what? I said I would do the attack on Ashley a few episodes ago, so I guess it's time to do that. Unless something happens and I get distracted, of course. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.